Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Daniel Van Kirk. I am here. And our guest on the show is our favorite murderer because she murders this episode. Karen Kilgariff, thanks for joining. It was my pleasure. What a joy. We talk about We talk about swords. Oh, yeah. Uh, sword uh, stores. Sword yeah. stores. A guy who might have deserved to get attacked. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did, but he might have. He's an E... <laughs> Ethlete. Yeah. He's an, an E-athlete. E-athlete. That's Everybody. all you need to know. That's all you need right. to know. Talk about Claudia tiny, and her life changes. Tiny Sasquatches. <laughs> tiny Sasquatches. And the Sheboygan Clogger. Which, you, yeah, we you, need the town's help on that one. This is it. It is Sword Stores, Tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> and the Sheboygan Clogger with Karen Kilgariff. You have to listen to this week's episode of Dumb People Town. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kalberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right. It's Drinky Fun Time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. Hey I'm Dan Dunn. And I'm Emma Patterson. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm really good. We are inside the exclusive lounge at the Feral Audio Headquarters, uh, which is located in the blazing inferno that is Burbank, California. Strength, it's hot. It is hot. And this, our first episode of the Liquor-Fueled Podcast, we will be joined shortly by the mayor of Harmontown himself, Dan Harmon. Exciting. Uh, We're also going to have a chat with pop superstar Halsey. She's a sauce pot, that one. Yeah, she really is. Uh, our main libational topic today is going to be a classic cocktail that was invented right here in the greater Los Angeles area. It's called the Moscow Mule. We're having one right now. Is Cheers. This what we've got. Oh, this we got in our, in our copper mugs. Mm. We're going to play a drinking game, catch up on some booze news, and hopefully in the end we will come closer to knowing the interdependent nature of all things, Emma. Or at least catch a buzz. And that's coming up. Right now? All right. This is Drinky Fun Time, episode number one. <gasps> Question. Okay. Am I looking at a deer with two heads? Sorry, I just realized. There's something <laughs> I thought, what is that? Well, how many Moscow mules It's amazing. Did you but have already? I'm like, that thing's, it's winking at me. No, it's got two heads. Um, yeah, it's a really cool bar. And Feral Audio built this for people like ourselves to enjoy. And here we are. Yeah. Now, part of the reason Feral Audio exists uh, 
is the guy who's going to be joining us right now. Had a little something to do with this whole thing, this whole enterprise starting. Uh, he is the creator of the iconic uh, series Community. He also co-created one of my favorite shows, Rick and Morty. And to my brother John, who I know is listening, is is doing backflips right now. That's how excited he is. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty, the third season of which just premiered on July 30th on Adult Swim. Uh, he is also the the man behind the wildly popular Harmontown podcast that lives right here on Feral Audio. He is the mayor of Harmontown, Dan Harmon. Woo! Yay. Yeah. Dan, how are you, man? Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, my friend. I see you have a Moscow mule in hand. Yes, thank you for making it. Raise a toast here. Cheers. Uh, Cheers, Dan and Dan. Episode one, and thanks for gracing us. Today. It's fun to toast with Moscow mules because they traditionally come in these copper tins and you can really smash. You can the, just, uh, you, yes, they can be used as a weapon if shit goes bad, you know, which invariably they do. What he's saying is you can just be thorough with your cheersing and not fear that the glass is going to break. Yeah. yeah, yeah I like but it. why is that, that this is the only drink that you ever get these, these tins, these copper tins? Well, okay. Let me tell you a little bit about the Moscow Mule. It, 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 uh, first of all, the, so you know what's in this drink. It's vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. It's a very simple drink, built over ice, as we mentioned, served in these copper mugs. Uh, now, how it happened, this is a, uh, the result of a supply and demand quandary, essentially. Uh, during World War II, Vodka was about as popular in the United States as the Japanese and the Germans, right? Nobody uh-huh. is drinking vodka. Why? Uh, I don't know. Why wouldn't they like it? Well, I think that it was more, you know, uh, whiskey was very popular. Gin was very popular, but not vodka. It was not popular. It tasted like cleaning fluid to them, didn't it? It might have been that. And Maybe. we weren't huge fans of Russia even before World War II, right? Exactly, like, yeah. So I mean, we kind of put that, put our fear of them on hold for a little bit. Yeah, but, when we needed them. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then we got right back to being more scared of them than ever. So no one's drinking vodka, and there's a guy named John Martin. He's with this distributor on the East Coast, and he's trying to sell vodka, particularly Smirnoff, which is what we have in front of us. That was the vodka that was the original vodka. for the vodka. I'm nothing if not thorough, Emma. Oh, I'm not stopping I went out you. and got this Smirnoff because go. that was the thing. So he comes out, and he visits the legendary Cock and Bull uh, on Sunset Boulevard which I believe they shut down and now reopened somewhere else. But Cog and Bull is this famous old bar uh, on Sunset Boulevard, and he's there, and he's bitching to the guy who owns the bar named Jack Morgan. I can't get rid of this shit. I can't get rid of this vodka. And, John, and Jack Morgan's like, you know what? I made this ginger beer, and I can't get rid of this <laughs> either. Okay? And then one other element was he, the guy who owned Cog and Bull also had purchased – a bunch of copper mugs from a gypsy on, <laughs> on the street in Sunset Boulevard. You know what this sounds like? Bullshit. A load no. of cock and bull. Yeah, it's kind of And then a, a, a lime truck crashed <laughs> outside. And there was a blizzard <laughs> yes. that day. And <laughs> surplus ice. Yeah. they were, No, they were making the Wizard of Oz, and the, fucking, <laughs> the tornado got out of hand. It all got mixed up. No, together. I actually do believe all of this because it's not – it because it does all seem so random. It does, I, I, yeah. I, I, By the way, this is one of the more plausible origin stories you're going to hear. A lot of these uh, drink stories are really, really like, what? That's bullshit. So this is the story story that it goes this way they throw it all together had a couple more drinks and a libational sensation was born okay well 
you can't be wrong because it tastes too good. I don't think you could have made that. Is this your dessert. first, Emma? This is the first time you're having a Moscow Mule. No, don't be silly. Well, to what extent do you? Because I, I, I wonder about the copper tin. Um, whatever you call this thing. Is that what you call it? Is it a copper mug? Copper mug. It's so, uh, I mean, because I, I, when I see one on the menu, a Moscow Mule, I immediately imagine the copper uh, mug. Yeah. And then I, it, it, if, it, if it were to come in a glass, I'd be disappointed. I wonder if, I mean, so according ah. to that story, it's really all psychological. There's nothing about it bringing out the taste of the ginger or anything like that. Well, but, but that said... Isn't isn't drinking such an experiential thing? Yeah. You, you just nailed it. If if they gave this to you in a glass, no matter what it really tastes like, yeah. you probably wouldn't be as good as the Moscow Mule that you expect. Yeah, I mean, why do I constantly, if I'm with my friend Jeff I all, and he orders a shot of Fernet Branca, I, I always have to order one. It's the most disgusting thing yeah. I've ever put in my mouth. Bartender's But breakfast. nothing tastes better than camaraderie and like sometimes the worse the shot the the yeah. more the more ceremonial it feels uh, it's uh, so there's a, yeah there's a lot of like psychology that goes into it I yeah guess. it's like if you're gonna do it and be brave i better be brave too like other drinks i like to bring up such as the pickle drink the pickleback yeah there's nothing nice about that is there well, again, I think that's that's one of those things where you know it's puffing out your chest a little bit and going, yeah, I can I can fucking do this. It's nice for a hangover to yeah. too. Like a lot of those hangover things, uh, it's probably psychological too. That you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do something even worse to yourself, and then <laughs> it's like your hangover kind of goes away. Or or is it the briny? Yeah, the pickle juice makes it. It's like it never happened. Right. Well, I find too that when you're hungover, it's you're you're willing to ingest things that you might not other otherwise because it's like look i already feel yeah. so bad how yeah. could it be any worse yeah there's, by doing there's this? no atheists in a foxhole and there's no gourmets in a hangover <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um so dan let's let's talk about so this is a vodka based cocktail let's talk about your own personal relationship with vodka uh yeah i uh, th- that starts with my friend dino stamatopoulos uh before that i was a glenn levitt guy I mean, I could walk through from, you know, like most guys coming out of uh, high school, it was all about rum and cokes because I think that you uh, are scared you're going to get carded and you like you you just like stick to what you understand and what you can order quickly. Yes. Um, And then so then it became Captain Morgan's and Coke because I found out there was a rum that tasted more like candy and I was still a little boy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and then I think at some point I, I became a Scotch guy because I thought that's what adults drank. You know, I, w- I wasn't wrong, but I, yeah, I, f- I, I, I found my way to Glenn Levitt because I liked the idea that you could you could taste the difference between twelve year and eighteen. So year. how you old could, are you when you're drinking Glenn Levitt? I'm in my twenties. Really? Uh, yeah, and somewhere somewhere in my mid twenties, and I, I I start making friends with uh, I can't remember how old I was when I made friends with Dino Stamatopoulos, who when I met him he was drinking. Um, Kettle One on the Rocks. Or somewhere in there I was I did I was familiar with Kettle One because I was I was I was ordering I asked my friend Jeff who was like a manlier man than me, give me a cocktail to order. I'm tired of sounding like a high schooler when I go out drinking. Yeah. And he said, 
uh, do a kettle one with a twist. So for a while I was doing that. <laughs> Wait, that's the manly thing? <laughs> well, I shouldn't have said manly. I should have said more like, there's a different word, like, I don't know, grown up or, okay. you know, not, more sophisticated. not macho. But uh, gotcha. but yeah. like yeah more more like okay you're not just order you don't sound like a frat 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 kid at, like, like like you know on the weekend if you're at some bar and you're hoping to impress someone with an earshot uh, so kettle one with a twist was my thing for a while a little twist of lemon um, and so but then I was like scotch 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 and it was because this is the dumbest reason in the world but as with brands of cigarettes what is a good reason to like why did you switch from camels to whatever and the answer is always because i was here and then i did this um i uh i was on the atkins diet and i was convinced that uh because you could see through it more that vodka had less carbs in it <laughs> well you're not the you're by the way you're not alone in that i mean like you know ha- I, I would say at least half the people in la their go-to drink is a vodka soda right because they they think, they think it's maybe healthier. And I will say, I, but I, what I really have come to like about vodka is the culture of it. I like that it's, um, it's to me, for all those nerds out there, it's sort of like, to me, vodka is like when you're listening to people argue between PC and Mac, and then there's that there's that guy that like dominates because he's like, I don't know, I use Linux. Like, he's the, I'm the hacker. <laughs> I, uh, vodka is, to me, it's like the Linux of... <laughs> Like, way, to, way to clear that up, Dan. Way to sell. Yeah. Way to sell vodka. But it's like that third party, um, uh, uh, hot rotting kind of thing where it's like this is about function over form. It's it's a and and that's what I like about vodka is the idea that the purer it is, the less it tastes like anything. Um, the more you know, isn't 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 vodka Russian for water or something? It is. Like that? It, boda was the original. Yeah, the word where it came from um, Russian for water and. And that was a big thing, and now they're they're sort of pulling back from that. But there was a period there where that was a that was a big marketing uh, tool. Was this vodka is distilled nine times? Right. You know, like it's fucking air. You know, and that's that's what people were going for. But now I think there's been a bit of a pushback in the other direction, where you're starting to see more of these traditional vodkas like Smirnoff, mm-hmm. like Russian Standard, that have a little. Uh, shit going on in them, you yeah. know, the, the little character to it, you know, uh, and uh, but I, you know, I, I agree with you in that, you know, to me, vodka, there could be sort of the this impression that it was, you know, soft, mm. but really, when I think of vodka, I think of you know, guys named Vlad. You know, like yeah, I guys think I, in, to me, that's like saying pharmaceutical grade cocaine is softer than, <laughs> you know, the stuff you get from your friend. I, I, I think it's like, you know, if you're a fan of something, you want the straight stuff. And it's, I, 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 you know, if for for those functional drunks who want to like, you know, who think they might be um, at any point surrounded by people who might politicize their drinking to their detriment, you know, it's odorless. You can. If you if you have it in a flask, you can like do a little tug. It's true medicine, and I like and, and I and I I tell my doctor, I know this is an adult drinking show, so like you know it's it should be a little more sophisticated maybe than where I'm going with this. But I drink a lot. I drink very heavily, and um, it, it, I so I tell my doctor because I'm I'm in I'm middle aged and I'm like. I know, I know how I'm going. Like, 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 like you got to keep an eye on my liver. And, um, I keep get, I keep, you know, every six months, like I'm all over it. Cause I'm like waiting for my liver to start showing any sign of like, <laughs> cause I treat it with, uh, 
it's tough love. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and I, ke- I keep getting these clean reports, you know, the blood work. And I, I, was, I was puzzling over that. And my friend Spencer said, you know, it, it could have something to do with the fact that you always, for decades now, you've been drinking top shelf vodka. And that's all you drink. That, that, that it might be the impurities and things um, that, 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 that really hit your liver harder. And I, I don't know if that's, you know. I'm seeing a new ad campaign. I was about to say, that's yeah. a really, yeah, really interesting concept, actually. I have a similar sort of situation with my doctor where I, I get my annual physical and they do the blood work and do everything. My doctor's actually told me, and, and again, I've been doing this professionally, and I would say that I'm on the same level as you in terms of when I'm not working, it's not like I'm sitting at home going, ah, fuck, I'm not going to drink. Um, same thing. My doctor told me two years ago that I have the liver of someone who's never had a drink in their life. Yeah. And I just, so you know what I did then? I fucking went out and got a hammer. So well, of course. told me, yeah. yeah. I was like, what else? No AIDS either? Well, <laughs> screw the condoms. Yeah. Just kidding. Emma. I'm kidding. You know I don't I'm not here. Condoms. Nothing to do with this. No. Um, so, so, Dan, what else do you drink besides vodka, though? There's, do you drink wine, dinner? I do, you like know, I've got, I've got real bad heartburn as of, like, my mid-30s. So, and it's, uh, it, 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 I, I. I used to be able to knock back bottles of wine and use that as an alternative, like, uh, you know, oh, let's let's be more sophisticated today. Um, and it just, I can't really have a single glass of red wine anymore. That's sad, isn't it? How yeah. do you enjoy a steak? How do you enjoy spaghetti bolognese? I, 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 I just do. I just inhale it like a big fat pig. Um, <laughs> you, you just eat it quicker so you can <laughs> get it. Yeah, just get through it. I think I can have like one glass of white wine and maybe a glass and a half at a wedding or something before the white wine will start to trigger this like heartburn problem I have. And then a couple of beers. Even are you are you like pounding uh, what do you call it, Zantac and getting all that? I stuff? I take a Prilosec every day. Every day, and I've been. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm English. What, what's that word you it, say? It's uh, in in Britain. It's uh, Wankalax. Uh, no, I, I don't. Do this <laughs> um, it's uh, antacid. It's a. It's oh, a, like a Rennie. Uh, probably, I bet. Rennies. Like a Rennie. Yeah, Rennie's your friend. Do you do you ever get? Let me ask you this: Do you ever get? issues with swallowing food where it gets stuck? Oh, not yes. this story. I, I have to be right. very careful when I eat popcorn. Yep. You know what you have? Because I have it too. <laughs> it's esophageal dysphagia. Mm. And the alcohol does not help. Let me tell you that. It's yeah. a, I have, you guys know this. I have the same issue. I get really wicked heartburn and I'll have trouble swallowing sometimes. So my doctor said it's esophageal dysphagia and there's different things you can do to treat it. But one of the things he did recommend was, was cutting back on the drinking and so I, uh, I did what so I needed to do and got a new doctor. Right, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but that's probably, I have the same. It's issue. funny how, like, I, yeah, just like I came to that conclusion myself. It's exactly what I imagined was going on. It was like, look, you, you, you've, you've been very lucky. You've, you drink constantly. There, most people are born with shit wrong with them. Um, you you, the, the, you the, had to work at it. Like you probably <laughs> have to imagine that if in your toilet that flap that uh, you know makes your toilet tank fill up and you yep. have to change it once in a while because it just basically corrodes in the water. Yeah. Um, of course, your esophagus like it's this flap that goes up. That's and down exactly. And like, that's exactly what it is, and yeah. you're, you're getting the alcohol is causing scarring. And mm. I re- but what's beautiful about this is I know all about this. I research this. I know what I need to do to make it go away. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so you're saying if you just stop drinking entirely? If the drinking exacerbates it. Now, there's mm. other things. That what's, and, but it is that. It does exactly has to do with what you're talking about. That flap is letting in some of the yeah. acid from your stomach. 
and that's and what's popcorn flakes. Like and pop- I noticed at a certain point, it was like I need to consciously. Uh, if I'm eating popcorn or something like that, where it's like light, like shit that could like you would inhale it easy, like yeah. I, I had to learn the hard way. Like, okay, I need to speak and then eat and then like stop. Yeah. I, uh, sorry if, to, if I'm ruining your um your no. your drinking <laughs> podcast by turning it into a medical problems <laughs> by, brought on by, by drinking way, podcast. By the way, you're listening to Drinky Fun Time, a <laughs> celebration of adult beverages. <laughs> Unless your name's Dan, <laughs> in which case you're you're fucked up. Yeah, up, I have. The, up I, next, what to do about those unsightly <laughs> capillaries when they burst? Uh, we'll have we'll have Uncle Uncle Jin uh, in for some, some <laughs> handy pointers about foundations you can use. By the way, Emma, I notice your nose is quite red. What's going on over there? Oh, yeah, years what, of what gin abuse, mean? isn't it? Strawberry nose. Can we all agree that gin, though, is really just kind of a you don't know, abuse gin? Uh, yeah. Well, I I mean I I can only drink gin i love negronis that's oh, my favorite love cocktail. a good negroni that's but, uh campari and uh, sweet vermouth and yeah. gin if you're interested in and i don't it. but all anything where i can taste the gin i but i have the personal um reason um that 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 was the first they say the first uh, booze that you uh puke on oh yeah i i i you know when i was in high school and it was like you know what can we grab? What what what's in Dad's cabinet? Steal it from the pour it into a racquetball like can a or something. Of yeah, the shittiest gin in the world. And we went to this park um, in my neighborhood, sat on a slide, and I just remember drinking like probably eighty gallons of of, of what tasted like pine needles, and uh, and and just it all coming. You know, I can still taste it to this day in my nose passage. Uh, so yeah. every yeah. time every We've time I smell gin, I uh, think about that. Southern comfort. Southern comfort was mine. Uh, Oh, Cointreau was mine. Wait a minute. You were drinking so straight fancy. Cointreau? It was all that was in some someone's parents' cabinet. Isn't it great? And by the She's way, like you, Harry Potter. You have no, yeah, you have no idea when you're a kid. You're like, hey, uh, how about this orange liqueur? <laughs> <laughs> let's, oh, let's man. We would mix. Me and my buddy Dave. Um, yeah, we thought we were chemists. I mean, all kids do. It's like all you know is that you're supposed to mix stuff. Oh, adults mix stuff. And you're like, you're almost playing house, right? It's like an easy bake oven. Yeah. We, 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 we were like, oh, yeah, we... We invented this drink that was uh, Mountain Dew and tequila. Just disgusting. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, Lord. that's a um, one 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 of my very first. The first time I ever got sick in my life, I remember this. I from drinking. I mean, I was stealing <laughs> booze out of my parents' uh, liquor cabinet. Same situation. Went into the woods, but we didn't couldn't figure out what to put it in, and so I dug a can. God. I feel like I, I feel like a like a bum already at You're thirteen. Going back. I so can I, see. I dug a can out of the tr- garbage, and it was a can of uh, baked beans. It was a you. So we, we we washed it out, but we washed it out, and then you know like we, kids though you know, like wash it out, and then we went down and we poured everything we like. We're like so you had to, what you had to do is you had to do it really tiny increments because I was afraid my stepdad would notice, right? He's the kind of guy that would notice. Right. So I'm like, all right, let's take a little bit of this, and a little bit of this. <laughs> oh, little bit of this. Basically, everything in the bar that we poured into a, a, a an oh. old uh, baked beans can. And then we, we put saran wrap on the top with a rubber band. <laughs> so I, I remember going oh, to the woods. So and they we started, didn't spill. Oh, yeah, so it would spill. We go to the woods, and we start drinking this. And immediately, like, the, the scent of 
beans oh my God. mixed with Ugh. with. I mean, it's just so gross. I'm picturing like chunks of bean floating in this. <laughs> what's already, even if it was a clean glass, you just described something gross because he took one. You made a Long Island iced tea, but worse. Yeah, with no with no citrus, <laughs> and it was all all alcohol. There wasn't, you know, the idea, the concept of a mixer had not yet occurred to me. No ice because ice was going to take up room in the can right. that would otherwise be used oh. for. And the other you thing need those was delicious beans. Uh, and they need that beans in there. Put no and ice in there. You know, the thing too when we were young, I remember like everybody would have these tips for drinking where they, and it was always like, oh man, if you drink it through a uh, beer through a straw, it gets you more drunk. Did ah, you ever hear this when no, you were young? No, oh, yeah, no. it gets you more drunk. As if I need to get more drunk right. when I'm 16 years old. I think <laughs> one one beer and I'm you know I'm talking to the tree. Do any of you remember the first time you suddenly thought? I'm drunk, and this is what it feels like. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I was high on beans. <laughs> uh, I think it was the bean day. Yeah. But you don't know whether you're drunk yet. You're like, I don't feel right, but maybe this isn't drunk. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. There's Restraint. No, you Restraint don't know. had nothing you don't to do know. with it. Yeah, no, it had. I love that on our first episode, we've covered... Uh, all the wrong ways to drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, I mean, it's certainly not one of those podcasts where it's like, uh, you We're not going to get any sponsors for this. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, I think uh, Passages, uh, are just kinda, they're, they're on the line right now. And, or what's uh, that one, uh, yeah, it's the, 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 the uh, hotline you can call that's like a therapy, uh, like, uh, there's... Yes. What is that number? We should probably hey, let's, read let's, it. Let's play the commercial now. Are you drinking, are you drinking booze out of a can of beans? <laughs> <laughs> then you're on to something. Yes. Because we are drinking out the can too. Hi guys, it's Emma Patterson from Drinky Fun Time and there's something I seriously need to share with you. I don't particularly love my hair at the best of times, but finding the right hair colour is the absolute bane of my existence. Not only are hair salons horribly expensive, you can just while away way too much time in there. I've spent far too long flicking through three-month-old celebrity magazines that I don't give a crap about while waiting for my perfect hairstyle. And guess what? I have left more times than I can remember with the wrong colour. Colours that just haven't suited my skin, my brow tone or my eye colour. Or it's over-processed. Or worse, it's been yellow before. Even when I've tried drugstore box hair dyes, the shade is always unpredictable. I never know what I'm going to get. But, you know, being blondes, it's always a gamble. But it shouldn't be. I want to share right now that I found a solution. E-Salon offers professional-grade, completely personalised colour created just for you, and it's delivered right to your door with your name on the bottle and with instructions on how to get your hair just the way you want it. Just go online, fill out a super quick, easy questionnaire, upload your photo, and your personal colourist will formulate your individually blended colour from over 15,000 pigments. So you have that salon-quality personal touch right at your fingertips. And if you have any questions, the hair colour experts at eSalon are just a call or an email away. It really could not be easier. And you've not even left your home at this point. And if you want something a little bit different next month, just ask. So this is your colour. You've created it yourself with the help of eSalon and they understand and they want you to get it just right. Plus... There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So really, if you're not completely happy with your colour, eSalon will give you either a free reformulation or a complete refund. It's amazing. Get 50% off your first box at eSalon.com slash drinky. That's D-R-I-N-K-Y. 
That's just $10 for your personalised hair colour. That's esalon.com slash drinky. How's the mule? Dan, you doing all right over there? You, yeah. uh, He's you ready need, to turn on something slightly you need a, stronger. You need a topper offer? Um, mm. All right, since we're doing, uh, since we are on the subject of um, Vodka. of drinks, let's let's do this. Bo, what happened there? Should we oh. insert commercial? What were we thinking? No, I was going to do a, I was going to surprise Dan and now it's, oh, here we go. Ready? Is this a Chevy Chase voicemail? <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's time to play. The drinking game. <laughs> That's what we waited for. Can you play the other one? There's got to be another one. Never. On. The, the ratio of fanfare to mundanity w- w- was sublime. I thought, it's time to play. Literally a thing that people play. Normal people play drinking <laughs> games. You don't. It's not a segment in a, in a, in a game show. Oh, it is show. here. It's it is time here. for a game we came up with. By Brrrm, the drinking game. By the way, not only not only do we think it was important to do that, we also did this one. What do you think this is? Some kind of game? It's <laughs> awful. That's why that something's not melting. Awful. Sorry. It, that's our podcast melting away. Uh. <laughs> All right, Dan. I, it, comedy comes playing. in threes. There has to be a third one, right? Like, <laughs> don't hate the drinker. <laughs> hate the drinking game. Hold on. <laughs> it's time to play. <laughs> drinking game. That right, works. Dan, yeah. We're going to play for something here. I have uh, brought some stuff. We've got a... Well, can I... Can, can, I, can I... Can I... I'm going to get a... Um, a topper. A kettle oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to get a kettle one on the rocks before okay. we play a drinking game because I'm done with my Moscow mule. Okay. So... Drinking Game, as we've covered, is a new segment on this new show uh, in which we challenge our guests to show off their knowledge. Uh, Dan, this particular drinking game, it's very simple. I'm going to name some ingredients in vodka-based cocktails, and you tell me what the name of that drink is. If you get at least three out of the five right, you win two Moscow Mule mugs of your own and this bottle of vodka. There you go. There it is. Smear. What kind of book? Off, is that? the original Moscow Mule ingredient, um, and it's sitting right in front of him, so he can. It's within his grasp. Dan, are you ready? Oh, uh, yep. Okay. You've a lot to lose. Oof. This cocktail is made with vodka, half and half, and Kahlua. What is it? Oh, is that a is that a Black Russian? Is that your final answer, Dan? Wait, it's a, wait, vodka. Kahlua half and half. Oh, white Russian. Oh, so congratulations! Yes, as one. So to any Brits listening, we would have said milk, and that would have thrown me off. Yeah, but you guys call diapers napkins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you have. Show that. keeps going at this pace. We will be wiping our face with napkins <laughs> at the end. Okay, Dan, you've got one right. You're on. You're you're on your way. Uh, this drink, uh, uh, one of my favorites as a, as a youngster, vodka. Peach schnapps, OJ, and cranberry juice over ice. What is the drink, Dan? Uh, a, a fake news. I don't know. I tried to make up a I new think cocktail name. I think there's sand involved. It's, 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 it's cranberry, peach schnapps, vodka, and, and, OJ. and OJ. And you could put a little shambord on there if you wanted to. Uh, Emma, a, Emma did throw a hint here. A way. French hand job. 
no, what was the hint? I feel sand between my toes. Is it a? Is it a? Is it a? It's or not between a s- my oh, between my cheeks. It's not a. Oh, sex on the beach. Oh. Well, yes. I, I got one. Yes. Yeah, I'll give that one to Emma. I wasn't even playing. Yeah. I'm never allowed to play. I don't know no, anything. You're, I should have guessed that. You got it. You got it. Okay. So do, are we counting that as one of the answers? No, no. No. Don't count. So that. one for two. Here we go. This is easy, Dan. Or maybe I shouldn't set it up that okay. way, but it is easy. Vodka and grapefruit juice. Oh, that's a uh, Greyhound. Okay. Wild clapping. Wild. Wild. It's easy. I, I applaud Dan, not you, the other one, because I would have said a, that's a fucking grapefruit juice. Why would anyone have given that a cocktail name? That's just a mixer and, and booze. Yeah. Greyhound. What, do you, what if you put salt around the rim? What's it called then? Yeah. A salty greyhound. Dog. Oh, God, we're learning a lot. So Dan's got, if you get one more right, you win the prize, Dan. Uh, this one's vodka, OJ, and Galliano. Galliano. It's a yeah, sweet that. It's a sweet Italian herbal liqueur. Uh, comes in that, oh, yeah. Vodka, OJ, and Galliano over ice is what cocktail? An Italian screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> they should have one of those. <laughs> the drink is a Harvey... Wall banger. So now we come down to the final one. There is a lot of tension here. The stakes are very high. Dan Harmon, for this bottle of Smirnoff vodka and these two copper mugs, tell me if you were to pour vodka, triple sec, and lime juice into a shot glass and shoot it, what would you have shot? Kamikaze? Is that your final answer, Dan? I guess. Is that right? You got it right. Yes. Oh, bloody well done. Here you go. Congratulations. You are. You get the first. Uh, you're the first winner. All right. In drinky fun time history. Oh, uh, it's a bit touch and go. Imagine if he not won, then he probably would have gone home. Well, we would have given it to him anyway. And also notice how unsure I was. It's like I, I really didn't know. No, you're well versed. I can tell. It was very contextual. I, I feel like, like I'm just giving you heartburn though. Now that I've given you this this thing. The Smirnoff is just, I don't know. I mean, isn't that just early death? <laughs> it's low carb, Wait, though. another ad campaign. <laughs> By the way, you know we're going to be hearing from them when this thing, they're like, please, please, for ad Christ's campaign. sakes, don't ever have us on the show again. Smirnoff. Smirnoff. Let's face it. The last year of your life wasn't going to be the best one. <laughs> um, Dan, can you tell us a little bit about the new season of uh, Rick and Morty? Uh, it's yeah, I, uh, Susan Sarandon's in it. <gasps> what? Christian Slater. Seriously. Uh, Joel McHale, Gillian Joel. Jacobs. These are all cameos. They're not like joining the show. Did you ever anticipate it to get no. these cameos? No, it was pretty amazing. Usually, like the the super like the people that you know, I'm like geeking out about. You always dread that moment when at the end of the record session they say. Ah, uh, my kid, my kid loves your show because that means that. Oh, I thought I it thought, means they're I terrible parents no. because their kids listening to. No, I mean no, Susan Sarandon's kid's probably forty. I, 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 but <laughs> I, 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 I just, I, I wanted Susan Sarandon to like my show, you know. And yeah. I, I, then you hear, oh, my kid loves your show. It's like, oh man, I bet she never even watched it. Like I was, I would, I, I would been like, oh man. No, she strikes me as someone who wants to be buddies with her kids. So if the kid's watching it, she's watching it too. Right. Isn't her kid an actress? Uh, no idea. I don't know. Producer Bo's nodding. 
Californication. Uh-huh. The kid was in Californication. So, hang on. How did you get John Oliver to come on the show? Because that was early days. Yeah. Well, he was on Community. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And I just, uh, yeah, I can't, I mean, I was a big fan of, of just him on Daily Show. And I can't remember how it is we thought we had access to him. But we, we just, we cast him on Community and uh, in the pilot. And, um I mean, he's a great actor. It's a, it's. I would say it's a shame that he doesn't want to do that more. But it, it's such a boon to society that he wants to do what he is doing because he's like the new John Stewart, and like I mean, he's like a light shining in the dark for pe- for at least people on my end of the spectrum politically. Um, the, 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 I mean, he's great doing what he's doing, and that's what he wants to do. But the truth is, he's a he's a truly like great comedic actor. He should be doing like like leads in like you know indie rom-coms and stuff like i like i remember doing episodes for you know writing scripts for him for community and just like he just knocks it out of the park and he's a really funny improviser like he'll he'll like riff the end of his line differently every time and like give you like nine options kind of like donald glover um like like that kind of talent but uh and so i knew him from community and so it was easy enough to ask him to do a voice on rick and morty so when he came to decide what his character was going to look like, and for anyone at home who doesn't know what he looks like, he basically looks like an intellectual blob with glasses. <laughs> right. The, the character he plays in the yeah. cartoon, yeah. Who decided that was, that's it, that's the look? I don't You know, Justin is the other co-creator of Rick and Morty, and he's definitely more like, on the production side. So I, I definitely have very little to do with how things look. Justin um, interfaces with that side of, of, of production, and so the, and there's character designers, and they'll they'll come up with all these options and stuff. So we'll say to them like, I, or you might write a line in the script like, he looks like an amoeba, but but smart or something, and then people will draw what that what they think that means. So have you had any cameos who've come in and said? I know exactly what I need to look like. Like I have a butt as a face or, you no. know, they've got the, the funniest thing was Werner Herzog coming in because <laughs> he was like such a, it was so weird. Like everything has, everything's lateral with him. So he, he came in and he was like, I, uh, may I see the character I am playing? And then, and then we, we just said, well, we haven't designed him yet, but here's some, here's some characters from the show. We show him all these aliens and stuff. And he's like, I see. So they are animals, but they speak <laughs> like people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Was Perfect. Like, yes. Got it. Ah, got it. Yes. <laughs> um, it was really funny. Like it's like trying to direct Werner Herzog doing a monologue about penises, um, uh, and and then him being the one to at the end of it. Where I'm like, I don't want to. Let's. I'll just tell him he he got it right because I don't I don't like. I feel like I'm intimidated by this guy. I don't. I was just like, okay, we got it. And he's like, no, one more. I I now know. I must emphasize the word penis. <laughs> <laughs> Could you ever imagined it was gonna do as well as it did? Did it feel like just sort of you just having a fun time seeing it? What you could get away with. I mean, you learn early on, I think even before you ever get a break, um, that you're a fool to attach your feelings to outcome. So, because you can't control whether people ever see your stuff. So, 
I think I think even kids in art school or 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 you know majoring in, in creative writing in in college or like like I think even by then you're learning you're going like okay I if I'm gonna be legit it's gonna be because I do what I do for me so you learn that lesson long before then you have you know let's say an NBC sitcom and then you're like holy shit this is great you've got it like Rick and Morty was always for me. Like, because I sensed the community was, like, out of my, you know, I, like, I, it could be taken away from me. It could be taken away from me simply because someone didn't like me. Um, and and, and I, I, I loved community so much that I was like, I need to not be this vulnerable. So it was more about, instead of thinking about it like, oh, man, I expect other people to watch it or like it. It's more like, how do you feel about it? So Rick and Morty was, from the beginning, it was this... It was like this love child. It was like a like a bastard, illegitimate like th- kid I made in the woods out of pure lust while I was still, you know, uh, in this ivory tower, like being, a, in my opinion, abused by this you know royal like like arrangement and stuff. And 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 so it, it, and then long after that is when people start to go, oh, I like this show. So then you go, oh, cool, because I do too. Now, just recently, it was like, it feels like South Park levels, which is crazy. Absolutely. Yep. I think Dan and I, we're not alone. We definitely binge watched it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we just got into it a bit more knowing we we're going to meet you today. And, and <laughs> well, and, it, and it's, it's, I think what's great about a show like Rick and Morty, too, is when you're in that realm of, and I hate to just reduce it to that, but sort of that, that Comic-Con sort of fanboy world where, as I mentioned, my brother does not think of you as a guy who just created this show. You have been elevated to godlike status because people connect, I think, with a show like Rick and Morty in a way that they could never connect. Though Community, brilliant show, an amazing show, but there are limits to what you can do and the places you can go mm-hmm. and sort of that the way you can tap into people on a network show on NBC is a lot different than what you can do with Rick and Morty, which I think speaks to, to, to certainly to the, the hardcore fans mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, is transcendent for them. You know, my, my brother was so excited to know that we were going to be talking to you and uh, was, you know, the word genius gets thrown out uh, probably far too often, but certainly that's a show that you couldn't do that anywhere else and you didn't and, and the fact that you get to do it yeah and it's cheating because you have 200 people helping you and as with the simpsons you know under sam simon who hired all these great harvard lampoon writers and stuff and what they learned in the in the in the at the peak of the simpsons was oh my god animation doesn't have to be this thing that's different from 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 craftsman's comedy you know you it can actually be the best way to deliver your jokes your characters your stories because you have a hundred percent control over the timing uh, which is everything in comedy and so i think that you know it's like animation and sci-fi as a genre because your brother he might be thinking like well i can only watch a sitcom no matter how much that sitcom says hey i'm a sitcom and i'm really funny and this 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 person that, that you know feels like you do about taking the subway to work but it's another thing entirely to, with sci-fi, you're able to say, um, this is a person who kind of personifies your fears about existence uh, and grapples with them, uh, like, monster for monster and planet for planet, universe for universe. Like, the shit that you really worry about, which, even if you're not a sci-fi geek, do include 
what if life means nothing? And you can deal with that on a sitcom, but it's really just a bunch of guys, girls sitting around at, at a break after work saying, what if life means nothing? And in a sci-fi thing, you can have, a, you can have somebody fight the nothingness of yes. life and like go toe-to-toe with it and, or represent it and make jokes about it. And I think that... And so it, it doesn't, it kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, I get it, having been a fan of so many things where I'm just like, oh, Bob Odenkirk's a god. David Cross is a god. Uh, Vince Gilligan's a god. Uh, Gene Roddenberry's a god. Like, like, these are people that have to be gods because they, they came up with this stuff that if it didn't exist, I wouldn't have a map of the universe. And it's like, I totally get it, but I also know it's not true because... Like, you know, yeah. I'm not a god. I'm like a guy that like was friends with this guy Justin, and 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 and, and just happens to have as somebody else might obsess about their car or something. I obsess about making a, a TV show, making people like me through my TV show. So, and a yeah. show in which humanity can be saved by a, a song. <laughs> Where you got it? What, what, was it? What do you got? Right, right. What do you got? Or and, or doomed by it though? Yeah, it's or like doomed. You, by yeah. the way, was that? Was that really Ice T in that episode? No, was that, that, somebody... was the, that was me doing Ice T. You tea, played Ice T. Wait, wait, that. that was you doing Ice T. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason we didn't go to actual Ice T, who I hope you know, I, I, I know he saw the episode, and he enjoyed it. The only reason we didn't go to him is because if he said no, and then we did it, did an impression of him, then he could sue us. Oh, really? Yeah. So that that's how it works. Yeah. You can do anybody. You can do anybody as basically. Long as you... Yeah, like it works that way with music too. If I were to say, I want this to sound like uh, "This Is the End" by The Doors, I wanted to have that vibe. I can go to a musician before I try to license The Doors song. I can go to a musician and say, "Give me that kind of sitar. <laughs> this is the end kind of sound," and they can come up with a sound alike. If I go to uh, uh, the music rights people and say, "Can I please?" Uh, rent uh, This Is The End by The Doors for my thing and they say that'll be $70,000 and I say I can't afford that buy then the person you know whoever's running the, the Doors estate or whatever it is whoever whoever kind of has those rights they can if they if they see a sitar kind of like Vietnam-y kind of like sequence, we said we said no and, yeah. they, and, and you, there's a paper trail that person asking for permission then you, then you can sue the hell out of them and so, and so I think that's like with celebrities too because you're basically saying hey um you know, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, can, can, will you come do this cameo? And, and, and it's like, no. And then it, because I get, I get that because it's the difference between parody. You're admitting it's not parody. You're saying like, oh, we wanted the <laughs> we real wanted thing. him, but we couldn't <laughs> afford him. So, yeah. but but it's can like, you do a Jack Nicholson. I, I pulled it between your knees. <laughs> Uh, I'll safely say no. I had, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is a good thing because I asked his permission before I came in here. <laughs> right, he'll never recognize himself. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Emma from Drinky Fun Time, and there's something I really need to share with you guys. Finding the right hair colour is the absolute bane of my existence. Now, not only are hair salons horribly expensive, I've wasted way too much time in there flicking through some tattered three-month-old celebrity magazine. I've even tried drugstore box hair dyes. The shades are so unpredictable. I don't know what I'm going to get. I've wasted so much money and I often end up with colours that just don't suit my skin tone. They don't match my brow colour. But thankfully, I have found a solution. E-Salon offers professional-grade, completely personalised hair colour created just for you, and it's delivered 
right to your door. You go online at eSalon, you just fill out a questionnaire, upload your photo, and your personal colorist will formulate your individually blended color from over 15,000 pigments. So basically, you have a salon quality personal touch right at your fingertips, and you've not even left home. Your unique eSalon color then gets shipped quickly and delivered to your door with your name on the bottle and instructions on how to get your hair the way you want it. And if you have any questions, the hair experts at eSalon are just a call or an email away. They get back to you really quickly. Honestly, it could not be easier. And if you want something a little bit different next time, just ask. eSalon understands you want it just right. So don't ever let your color fade. They'll even cover pesky grays. Trust me, I know. I've got loads of them. Plus, there's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you're not totally happy with your color, eSalon will give you either a free reformulation or a complete refund. It really is bloody brilliant. Get 50% off your first box at eSalon.com slash drinky. That's D-R-I-N-K-Y now. That's just $10 for your personalized hair color. eSalon.com slash drinky. Dan, I think we need to do one more thing because now I feel compelled to play this sound effect that we created. It's going to be like, and now it's time to (laughs) add ice. Here we go. Let's try this one. From the Drinky Fun Time News Desk, here's Emma Patterson (laughs) with Booze News. I like that. All right, well, let's get get Dan's uh, opinion on the next one. We got another one. From the Drinking oh. Fun Time News Desk, here's Emma Patterson with Booze News. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's that's basically the same, but with that, do, 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 yeah, the telegraph Do you feel, thing. like, more alert with the first one? Did you, did you, like, I think the second the second one's more committing, and, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's I don't good. want you to nod off with it during this. No. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, there's a lot of news, isn't there? But I do also want to remind people why... Vodka and alcoholic beverages are a good thing, and uh, this is why. This week, vets in Australia saved a poisoned cat's life by giving him a bottle of vodka to drink. No lie. The black tomcat, who's since been renamed Tipsy, was given the spirit after he was poisoned with antifreeze and found in an almost terminal state. When you said Australian cat poisoned, I immediately thought he got bit by a giant spider. I'm so sorry. Let me start again. No, he drank antifreeze. That's so tragic. Vets from the uh, Australian RSPCA battled to save Tipsy's life, and the methods worked, and he survived. But sadly, antifreeze is a common method people use to kill cats because they are attracted to the sweet-tasting liquid. Yeah, who's killing cats? Terrible, terrible neighbors. Tipsy didn't have any family. He wasn't owned by anyone. He was just biding his own. Wait, this was the happy story? Yeah. Where's the sad one? Because fortunately, the fun-loving vets in Australia at the RSPCA are fans of absolute vodka, and they had a small stash of it, so they diluted it and gave it to Tipsy through an IV, and he survived. See, vodka, all the terrible things we said about you earlier, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Vodka is a lifesaver. Yes. I've said that. Uh, I mentioned Sam Simon earlier because I mentioned The Simpsons, and like he's passed away, um, but he was a big animal lover, and he, um, he... had a neighbor who was trying to keep the deer. That's how rich this neighborhood is, trying to keep the deer from eating his clovers or something, and put out a bowl of antifreeze. Oh, what a dick! And I mean, 
already your goal is misguided. You're trying to poison deer. Um, uh, Sam's dog uh, drank it, and his <gasps> kidneys shut down. He needed dialysis and all that stuff. So Sam, who because he has like ba- he had back end in The Simpsons, has like more money than he could have ever spent. Yeah. He bought his neighbor's house and tore it down and <laughs> turned it into a larger backyard. Oh my god, oh. that's amazing. Uh, now there you go. People that poison animals, like I, I just I I where what? Well, well, what what about mice? Speaking of precious, delicate little things, how about this little uh, interview I did? Uh, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna throw. By the way, this is the worst segue in the history of segues. But uh, back when we were gonna do this show on our own, I, I went out to this event out in the desert uh, that three olives vodka threw, and I got to talk for uh, very briefly with pop superstar Halsey. And the reason I'm playing it is because Dan's a big fan. And so Dan was humming Halsey when he came in today. She didn't. Are you telling me she, because I put out a bowl of antifreeze. (laughs) (laughs) It cannot. By the way, antifreeze does not kill Halsey's. No, Uh, she's from Jersey. You can't kill, kill girls from Jersey with antifreeze. And so let's, let's try this real quick. Here we go. I'm in Palm Springs with Halsey. Now, do you like the vodka though? Are you a vodka fan as well? By the way, do I sound, I sound drunk there. Would and not, I'm not. That would be impossible. Okay. All right. I'm in Palm Springs with Halsey. Now, do you like the vodka, though? Are you a vodka fan as well? I am a vodka fan. I pretty much only drink vodka. I'm a huge bitch, and I can't drink um, dark liquor or brown liquor. Um, whiskey makes me cringe. I'm definitely a vodka girl. I love, uh, but I'm not, like a, I'm not a baby about it. I can I can hold my liquor, but I like clear. I definitely like clear alcohol. Um, Three Hours made this awesome drink for me today called the Find Me in the Kingdom. Um, and it's named after my debut, my debut, my sophomore album, Hobos Mountain Kingdom. Um, and it's the drink is cucumber lime vodka, elderflower tonic, club soda, simple syrup, lime, kosher salt, garnish cucumber, this, and a lavender flower. So it's super girly, super spa, kind of like refreshing, like alcoholic spa water okay. in the best way possible. Um, and I'm, I've had a couple of them. So. You look great, though. Do really, you, you look you, you look much. very composed. Am I hiding it well? No, you 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 handle your liquor well. I can see this. You know, yeah. For a complete lunatic, I'm still a professional. <laughs> well, there we go. Halsey and I are going to go drink. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Yeah, of course. By the way, did you see this darkness descend over Dan as this was going on? He was just going, "What the?" I was listening. I'm what? kidding. Uh, no, she's great. She she's sound like, like she sounds like she does hold her liquor well. She was in better shape than me. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Like she's a, like she she's like a hundred pounds and twenty one years old. Yeah, she's lovely and she's extremely popular. Apparently, she reminded me of uh, of a thing because she said there was a little they put a little lavender actual flower in the drink. And uh, I was in this bar in Los Angeles called God damn it! I should if I'm gonna pull, come on, Dan. I wish I could give him credit because. Uh, but but, the, Jumbo's clown. The bar- name the street <laughs> will help you out. Um, I, I can I can figure it out. We if can it, do, it, do this. you guys think it's important? I mean, I it's do. Like, do it. This is it. Hello, Dan. This this shows nothing if not educational. Okay, because so, yeah, because yeah, if you're in the Los Angeles area, the bartender, I ordered a drink and it, she had uh, I'd never seen this before. The ice cubes had uh, flowers frozen in them that were like so. There was kind of like the flowers were sort of like half in, half out, and so you got a little bouquet. As you were drinking, it was just vodka on the rocks, which, by the way, everyone puts lime by default, and it's a it's a thing that I'm struggling with every day. If I say vodka on the rocks, I'm going to get a lime unless I 
say no say lime. no lime, but sometimes the bartender hears no lime and just is reminded that lime exists and puts a lime in it. And and it, it, it one drop of lime juice, like to me and my friend Dino, like it just ruins a perfectly good high priced vodka on the rocks. But here, this 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 lady put flowers in ice cubes and it was like I would be the first person to squawk if it had somehow defiled the sanctity of my vodka I just thought it was a really cool thing it was like pure vodka hitting my lips but my nose was smelling this like flower in you the ice you could smell the flower? yeah it was like very they were like they, was it Pleasure Island? here we go it was called Aro Latin I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right it's spelled it's spelled A-R-O Latin. I don't know how you pronounce Aro it. Oh, Aro Latin. I, yeah, they have fucking <laughs> amazing um, lamb tacos. They bring oh. out this like sizzling Ooh. skillet full of oh, greasy, lamb shredded lamb. Um, since we were talking about animal rights before. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, those lamb were right. uh, ne- Sam Simon's right. neighbor's right. lambs. Yeah. So see, something good did come out of this. Um, they ended up on Dan's plate. Um Dan Harmon, Rick and Morty, Adult Swim, first episode was how many? How many do this season? How many episodes? Unfortunately, ten. Just ten? Yeah, we wanted to do fourteen, and it's just ten. Are you renewed for another season already? <sighs> I'd call that a, a, a guarantee, a safe bet. Why not? Te- why not fourteen? What happened? <sighs> just, it's it, I I I started chasing my tail. I was like, it's like you you know you get scared to screw something up, and then you go oh me being scared is going to screw it up so okay don't be scared okay but aren't you being scared of being scared and it's just a vortex i have a question don't hate me but is christopher lloyd gonna be in it i think that would be a bad idea legally well no because like rick can meet yeah well i I think we'd like to leave as little a paper trail uh, as possible about the (laughs) fact that it's a blatant <laughs> I think that I think that I, I just keep your fingers crossed that Zemeckis stays successful because if he ever <laughs> if he ever gets bored if enough ever to needs decide, the money, if he ever needs the money, it's going to be like, hey, I can go here. There's a lawsuit out there. Um, ten episodes, and we're going to get another season after that. You, uh, what else do you have going on? You've got Harmontown, which is right here on Feral Audio, yep. uh, and you mentioned earlier. Before we started the show, you mentioned us that you might be doing a, a movie. Can we talk about that, or you don't want to talk about that? What the 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 Kurt what? Vonnegut? Oh oh oh! Um, Can we talk about that? That I just talked no, about? no yeah, yeah that's fine. They announced that today. The uh, we're do, uh, doing a um, uh, an adaptation of Sirens of Titan, which is a Kurt Vonnegut book. Um, it, it, we're going to do it as a as a series. Uh, I guess it's kind of a mini series, you'd call it, where we do the whole story from Sirens of Titan. But we're going to do it in a way that hopefully would allow, if people like it, to do more Vonnegut stuff um, as we continue to in, in additional seasons. Um, where are you doing? Who? who where's that going to be? I'm, I'm not even sure. I don't even. I honestly think. <laughs> I think it's like Universal Cable Productions, which is the studio. They're the ones that have the rights to the Vonnegut stuff. I think. I think the idea is that we're going to kind of start writing it, and um, we're not sure who will be airing it yet. It could, okay. by default, be like Sci-Fi, for instance, um, or it might. But I don't. I don't think it's off the table that it might be somewhere else. But I could be totally speaking out of school saying that because I have no idea how that part of the business works. You do. Well, <clears throat> we've reached the point in the show where I have to go to take a pee. So 
We should probably wrap things up. Emma, do you have any more questions for Dan? If you just drink this antifreeze, it'll shut your kidneys down. <laughs> 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 I, put, I, I mixed it with Smirnoff, so. You yeah. <coughs> See? Sorry, I yeah, have a, I have a question with Dan. Can we come on your podcast? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you should. We'll bring booze. Feral audio. We've got to stay. we got to keep it together. Keep it the family. I want to thank Dan Harmon for gracing us with his presence on this, our very first episode of Drinky Fun Time. I didn't. I didn't. I had a fun time. I had a really fun time, and I learned so much more about you. <laughs> bean cans, honestly. Oh my bean god, cans. the bean cans! Try it. Try it at home. Uh, we're gonna. If you want to, uh, we'll probably have that recipe and more on our Facebook page, <laughs> which is Drinky Fun Time. <laughs> Maybe throw a couple pictures up there. Uh, in the coming weeks, I, we should probably throw this out since we are new. Uh, we're gonna have some great guests coming up. We've got uh, Walton Goggins is gonna be oh, on the cool. show. So Walton is gonna be on from. I love that guy. It, Walton the best. Uh, we've got uh, everybody. We've got all the creators on here. The creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, Phil Phil, uh, Phil Rosenthal. He hates got, me. Phil hates you? Yeah. Why? Because he saw an early cut of the documentary I made about myself uh, that I didn't approve showing him. And I think he said he slept through it and then said to the uh, director, you're, you're making a movie about the, the uh, one of the least liked people in, in television and you made it boring. <gasps> what? Like that. Never mind. Phil's not going to be on the show. No, bring him on. Have, uh, him, talk, have him talk about <laughs> my documentary. We have a new show where Dan and Phil are on it. Yes, that's it. Uh, Kevin Alejandro from True Blood, yeah. and he's on uh, Fox's Loser. Uh, Aisha Tyler, if I know she's going to come on eventually. Uh, we, we got her. But lots of fun coming up. Kurt on Russell. Sh- Allison Jane. Oh, Kurt Russell. forgot about really? that guy. Are you fucking Dane. kidding me? Kurt Russell's going to be Kurt is going to be uh, Hopefully, we're going to be doing that one real soon. Oh, Kurt man. has his own uh, wine called Gogi. Um, and, uh, Where are you taping that? I'll I will let you know. I, I think probably at Barbara. probably at Baby Blues Barbecue. Do you want to? I will let you know. We do it. Could yeah, be I mean, very very soon. Yeah, Kurt is a badass, awesome guy. We might even actually fly in. So Kurt has a uh, a ranch in in outside of Aspen called Home Run Ranch. Uh, you know, because Kurt played minor league baseball and his dad played professional baseball. And um, we're gonna fly in some beef from Kurt's ranch, and we're gonna. Make it at Baby Blues Barbecue, and we're going to pair it with Kurt's wine. And Dan Harmon's going to come and join us on that one. Are too. he and Goldie Hawn still together? Yeah, they're still oh together. My they're oh my God, they just about no. They're, they have a longer marriage than everybody. No, that's where they got it right. They didn't get married. never got married. Oh, they never got married. Yeah, yeah but, they they, but, they're, but they're the perfect. They truly love each other. They, they really celebrated. Do. do you know how they did this? They both got their uh, their handprints put on the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame together. About like yeah, last yeah. month. That's Cute. right. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't come more badass than than Kurt Russell, you know. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. I mean, I assume he's the best. Like I don't Well, I, you'll have to come and find out. No. I mean, he's the best everything that I know, everything I know and feel about him. If I find out that he like ran over my dog or something, <laughs> I, I I I'm going <laughs> to We won't tell you if we're I'll eating your dog. We won't tell you. Yeah. No. So, all right. So, we got to let Dan know when we do the show with Kurt Russell. You come out. Um, Emma, anything you want to add to this? Uh, so much I want to add. I have so many questions still for Dan. So we've got to have him back. We're gonna have to. <laughs> we're gonna have him back on the show again. But right now we gotta we gotta roll out of here, and we're gonna do it with our friends uh, from the Velveteens. Don't you feel better? I do. Thanks, Dan. Thank Thanks, you. Dan. Yay! Yeah. Can every guest make up lyrics to the song that goes out? I was okay. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably do better.
Hello, I'm Dave Ross. Hey, and I'm Hampton Yunt. And we host Suicide Buddies on Starburns Audio. That's right. It's a podcast about suicide, but not to make light of it. We actually talk about suicidal thoughts, depression, kind of with a sense of levity that Dave and I have with each other. He's my best friend. Come on. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> suicide Buddies. <laughs> That's the title. One of our favorite episodes that we've recorded so far is about this guy, Jan Pataki, who was a Polish aristocrat in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, one of the reasons it's possible that he killed himself <laughs> is that he thought he was a werewolf. Oh. Check out a clip. It also makes me think, like, we were talking about in the Norway uh, black metal episode, how, like, just the culture of your surroundings can affect you. Like, yeah. he's in a castle in Poland. <laughs> He's like, I mean, if you yeah. lived in a castle in Poland and no one knew anything about anything, you might be like, I'm a bat. I'm probably a bat. <laughs> <laughs> That's like literally what happened to Batman. He literally is in his mansion. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm a, a bat. bat. I'm a bat. I'm a <laughs> bat. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, bat. a bat that helps people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bat that helps people. I'm a, I'm a I don't know what you want from me. And my, uh, and my, my girlfriend, she's a cat. She's a cat. My she, girlfriend's she, a cat. She steals things. She's a woman who steals things. She's a cat. I'm a bat. I'm a I bat. Help people. She's a cat. We fight a penguin. My, uh, my- 